Here to warm your heart, Scott Reed is on the morning brief, CTV political analyst and former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin. Good morning, Scott Reed. Good morning. Yes, that's me. Just a, a cozy morning fire. Just, uh, you know, put your hands and feet up next to me and all will be better. Well, you know, it's funny. That reminds me that Tim Hudak used to say he was going to invite us over for his mask burning party. And apparently if you did burn your masks, you're going to regret it because we're going back to masks. What's your reaction? Well, you know, uh, unenthusiastic like others, but I have to tell you, all of the discussion and dialogue, all of the warnings, all of the news that's been happening for at least four weeks now has, you know, registered with me. So, like, I, I'm I'm going back to it. And I'm, you know, I, I just think it's the only sensible thing. My kid, my 13-year-old plays hockey. And um, we had practice yesterday. Like, I, I'm going to say one-third of the team wasn't there. I'm not exaggerating. Now, a couple were away. But at least three kids are persistently sick. One has RSV. And you look at this and you couple it with, you know, that anecdotal evidence with what we read about hospitals. Sort of say, well, I don't know if masking is going to, you know, going to be the solution, but it sure can hurt. And so shopping malls, other public places like that, grocery stores, I'm masking up again, man. Meanwhile, uh, parents are going online and finding these incredible um, prices for kids' medication, including like $300 to get some Tylenol for kids. Uh, as one of our colleagues was saying earlier this morning, there's a special place in hell for somebody who's going to shake down parents for kids' medication. Well, law of supply and demand, as long as uh, there have been human beings, there have been human beings profiteering and uh, supply is uh, low. So, you know, that's going to happen. I mean, I, to my mind, the question really is, how come this happened? I mean, we say things like, oh, supply chain. I, I've said that and people say that. But what the hell do we mean by that? Like, what, what caused this particular supply chain challenge? How quickly does it get fixed? Will it be fixed on a permanent sustaining basis? I'd like to get answers answers to all of that. And I've been lucky it hasn't affected my household, but I've got a good friend who, you know, was going through the uncomfortable debate as to whether or not she could cut a Tylenol in half, uh, an adult Tylenol, you know, for her toddler and sort of really guilting herself to death thinking, well, I guess I've got no choice, but I'm anxious about it. So it's not an abstract problem for a lot of people. Uh, Doug Ford making the announcement yesterday, Scott Reed, that uh, he's going to extend the gas tax holiday. You've probably heard my own thoughts on this, and I remain somewhat unconvinced that uh, you know the money isn't simply going to the oil companies anyway. But uh, what do you? What's your analysis? Um, well, I don't necessarily disagree with you. It would be good if somebody tried to track that. I think an interesting companion announcement by the government would be to say we are um, taking measures to keep track of that. And, you know, people can say, well, it's complicated. And I can say, yeah, it's complicated and it's worth it. Um, but ultimately, this this decision was inevitable. When, once they made the change in uh, whether you believe the oil companies have, have, have surrendered that um, differential or not, for sure, they would have shot prices up. And so to not proceed and extend the gas tax cut would have meant that effectively Ford would be blamed for what would appear to be a tax hike at the pumps. So, you know, unless and until things get much improved, you can expect this announcement to be semi-permanent.
Um, let's see. Stephen Holliday. I was going to say Doug Holliday, but that's his dad, who's no longer in active <laughs> politics. Uh, Stephen Holliday continues to decry this move to rename Dundas Street. Is it worth revisiting this debate? You know, I'll say no, and I'll say no for this reason. I find these debates uncomfortable. I find these debates, like, I'm a 50-year-old white guy. I graduated as a history student, particularly involved in Canadian history. I worked in the Langevin block, and now it's not called the Langevin block. Um, and, you know, yeah, man, you get right up into the grill of my privilege. I find these – I'm more of – the kind of person who says, I think that rather than, you know, strip names, we ought to add information. Um, we ought to have commemorative plaques that say, here's what the complexity of this person. They were n notable for these reasons. Uh, this is the rest of their history, complicated though it might be. Um, but I'm hypocritical in that opinion. I'm inconsistent in that opinion because there are some statues that I say, yeah, bring it down. So, you know, I, I'd rather not revisit it because I think these are wrenching debates. I think they're difficult debates. And once you've made a decision, let's just make the decision to move on. And that's a decision to change. Let's do it. Yeah, it was funny. I was uh, getting the tires uh, changed the other day at Active Green and Ross. So whenever I do that, I have to walk through Ryerson's uh, campus in order to get to the subway to go home and then back through again uh, at the end of the day to collect the car. And I kept looking at signs and thinking, what the hell is this Toronto Metropolitan University anyway? And then some of the signs still say Ryerson. It's it's jarring to have stuff renamed. And I would think, you know, on the record of Dundas Street, most of us have no idea who Dundas was. We just think of it as Dundas Street. That's right. But I mean, if you're a racialized, if you're a member of a racialized community, you're sitting there going, you know, this thing is just hanging around. And, uh, and, and it points to a history that's, you know, uh, it points to a history that's not cool. And, you know, I guess it, th this issue has been debated and discussed to death. But, you know, I'm uh, like you. I watch these changes and these debates occur. And I kind of go, oh, gosh, you know, like, why do we need to change? But, you know, it really does take you to a place of why would we name anything after any single person when those people are bound to be complicated? Like the one thing you know is as soon as you name something after a person, we are likely to find that that person was imperfect in many ways. And so, you know, maybe we just have to get out of the business of naming things after people because people ain't perfect. Okay, maybe just numbers, you know, maybe New York had it right. That's right, you know, Third Street. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Democrats held control of the U.S. Senate. I don't know about you, Scott, but we're of a similar uh, stripe, I think. I've kind of been enjoying this weekend's recrimination amongst Republicans in the United States because they were so convinced that they were going to town in the midterm elections, and they've actually been wrecked. And now Donald Trump is going to make an announcement tomorrow, and he probably does, doesn't want to make the announcement he was planning on making. Well, he's got no choice. Um, he has to announce that he's running for president because he's all about strength and it would look weak to not declare himself for president now. Uh, he's going to get greater scrutiny and pushback than ever. But look, here's my great fear. I think Trumpism, I think this grievance politics that's been elevated to this uh, the platform that it has with the success that it's enjoyed, getting people elected, getting a president elected, spawning movements and imitations all around the world. I think it is a 
terrible, bad thing. You know, you could have differences of political opinion. I think this, based on lies, based on conspiracies, based on disinformation, based on personal ego, this political movement is bad. It needs to be defeated. And I'm afraid that the defeat, so uh, quote unquote, of Trumpism is just going to lead not to its death, but to its mutation to something better, stronger and less, uh, less obvious. And, you know, DeSantis is the perfect epitome of that. He's a more skilled politician, but just as heinous and just as craven as Trump. And um, there's nothing that can be done about it. Ultimately, people settled this debate with their votes. But um, just as I celebrate the downfall of Trump, I fret for what comes in his wake. Thank you, sir. Good to have you. Thank you. Cheers.